welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today, I'm joined by Angela Maines and Ashley Yeager as we talk about ways that through this pandemic and through the COVID-19 uh, disaster that we're going through that we can continue to help kids think through what's going on and deal with disappointment. You see, we know as adults when many times we have a hard time with disappointment and with missing out on activities and with schedule changes, we certainly know that our kids and our kiddos certainly have these same struggles. And so now that we're all at home and we're all processing these uh, different behaviors and these different things that we see going around the world, the pressure, the anxiety. I thought it would be good for Angela and Ashley, two of our fantastic counselors at Lifeline, to come on and just help us think through these things and and just think through uh, what's going on in our world. And before we get to the interview, I do want to remind you uh, that you can run for one. Uh, That run for one will be in August of 2020, Lord willing. And you can sign up today for the run for one and support unadopted and the efforts that we have going on around the world. So make sure that you go to lifelinechild.org and look for the run for one and register to run today. Well, we are here again with Angela Maines and Ashley Yeager. And ladies, I just want to start off uh, by each of you telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do and your specialty in the counseling room at Lifeline, and also just on the start, how people can get in touch with you uh, after this podcast if they need continual counseling. So Angela, why don't you go first? Yeah, well, like like you said, I'm Angela Maines, and I am a professional counselor and registered play therapist. And here at Lifeline Counseling in general, I get the privilege of overseeing our department, but we specialize in kids who have adoption-related issues, including attachment, trauma, grief, identity issues, and, and those sorts of things. And people can get in touch with us by reaching out through Lifeline, um, our counseling email, which is counseling at lifelinechild.org. Nashley? Yeah, and I'm Ashley Yeager, and I'm a clinical social worker. I also work with the same population that Angela just mentioned. So children, teens, and adults, individuals, couples, um, as well as whole family together. And we typically work with attachment and trauma. So ladies, you know, we know that as adults that we're struggling with all that's going on with the world, with the unsurety of jobs, the unsurety of education, even the unsurety of childcare, which has affected so many people. But we know that if, as adults, we're carrying this anxiety on, that many times our children who have much less life experience will also struggle through that anxiety. And the truth of the matter is sometimes they won't verbalize that. They'll exhibit it with other behaviors during this time who are experiencing uncertainty and anxiety through the world around us. Yeah, well, the first thing, Herbie, is just to help our kids, one, to recognize that when they're short, when they're agitated, when they're acting out in anger or frustration, like that a lot of that is probably a sign that there's more going on under the surface. And they've got quite a bit that they could grieve in the midst of this. Um, things that, you know, it's easy to minimize and think, well, you know, well, we're not, it's not as bad as this person or, you know, but But in the midst of that, everything that we're going through, everything an individual is losing is significant. And so 
with our kids, helping them to think through the things that they've lost and allowing them and giving them space to grieve. That could be um, the social events, like you mentioned. It could be, you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of the school year, and so a lot of our kids are missing out on the fun things they've been looking forward to all year. Um, I have one son who I think joined band just to go to Six Flags, and that trip has yet to happen in his, his third year in band. Or it could be a sports season that's been cut short. Um, it could be an end of, the, end of the year party that they were looking forward to. And all of those are losses that our kids have experienced. And in the midst of all that, they've also lost their day-to-day -day routine, the expectation of knowing what was going to happen tomorrow. Um, they've lost seeing their friends and that community and fellowship that they had. We aren't even able to go to church at this point. So, so there's very little interaction with kids potentially outside of the home and all of those are, are hard things to lose. And they changed kind of overnight without really expecting it to. And so giving your kids space and helping them, one, recognizing for yourself that those are losses, but two, helping your kids to recognize that those are losses. And I think many times parents wanna fix that unpleasant behavior or emotion in a child. So I think it's important for parents to give perspective that, yeah, it's hard. Even for us as adults, this is hard. It's unusual and it's difficult for us, but we have no frame of reference to draw from this. We haven't experienced this before, but we do know that the Lord saw this coming. He's not caught off guard. And so we can trust in him. He's faithful to provide for us. And he's faithful during this time that we may feel like things are uncertain, but he does not. So giving them those reminders, once you've sat with that unpleasant emotion and not jumped to fix it initially. Yeah, so there's a lot. Yeah, of, I know that a lot of times, go ahead, Main Street. Sorry, Herbie. Uh, I was going to say there's a lot of ways to kind of help kids do it because I think sometimes parents don't really know where to start when it comes to trying to help their kids have these conversations. Um, and so there's, there's definitely lots of ways to be creative and to do that. And I know it's, it doesn't always come naturally for some parents. So we're here to help. Um, there's the, the well-known question books that, that Lifeline has helped to produce. And it's available on the website. And that's a, a really great way just to start conversations kind of in a broader sense. But then to get a little bit closer to narrow down those topics into deeper levels of conversation. And it's definitely a way to get it started, to get that conversation started. And it helps kind of open the door and create that safe space. And then it's sometimes helpful when they feel like they're grieving, um, have them draw a picture or sit around and talk about that, something that's gotten canceled or something that they're sad they're going to miss and really share those with one another. Because again, everybody, even adults, has probably lost something in this. So it's a good way for everybody to participate and kids love to draw or um, can be enticed to draw. And so that can be a helpful way to bring up some of that grief. One of the things that people have kind of mentioned this, that in our lifetime, we also experienced 9-11. It's not the same, but we, we experienced that. And I remember after that, there was a lot of talk about how to remember this and writing down where you found out and really encapsulating that story and giving your child a chance to write down, okay, how do you feel right now? What's going on in your life? Let's write this down or let's talk about this. Kind of like you're going to put it in a time capsule to read later as an adult, um, a way to remind yourself. It gives them a way to process what's going on around them. It gives you as the parent a way to see, okay, what are they thinking about? What are they worried about? How can I help them? 
it can be a really good activity, again, to get the ball rolling on those harder conversations. Yeah, and remembering through all of that, that because those are such great points, ways to, to channel that creativity and to do something expressive with it. Because sometimes our kids are going to have a hard time verbalizing what they're thinking and feeling. And if they have the opportunity to do it through a creative outlet, like writing or drawing, or you could even pull out Play-Doh or clay or something and help them create something in that sense, it can help them to be able to verbalize and, and to put words to what they're feeling on the inside. So when you see those, those moments where your kid is short or snippy or moody or angry and lashing out at the people around them, maybe overreacting to something that's happening in the home is I'm sure lots of us who have multiple children are seeing a little more sibling issues rise up on occasion. Um, but use that as a moment to say, rather than to respond to maybe the perceived disrespect that our kids are giving us, to take a deep breath, to stop, to pause, and just to say, hey, I wonder if there's something more going on. You know, I remember today was that day we were supposed to go to your baseball game. How about we take a second and think about that we're kind of sad about that. Like, it's kind of disappointing that we don't get to do that. And, and they may come up with other things, too, that are like, well, you know, we didn't get to do that, but now we're getting to do this. And they may start to come up with those things. So let them know that it's okay that they have those feelings and that there are other ways that they can get their needs met besides responding with an angry or disrespectful tone. And at the end of the day, it's important to remember feelings aren't right or wrong, and they don't need to be fixed. Uh, so we just need to really give space to our kids to to feel the disappointment and the sadness and to know that that's okay. Like feelings are like a wave and they come in cycles. And so the more we try to push those waves off, the bigger the wave becomes. And so pushing it off doesn't make it go away. It just creates a bigger wave and it can turn into a tidal wave at some point down the road. But the more you let the waves of grief come, the smaller the waves will get. And I even think about uh, just processing this, you know, one of the reasons that even so many adults are having such a hard time processing what's, what we're going, what's going on in, in our society around our world is because we feel out of control. Uh, we feel like, you know, there's, there's no vaccine, there's, there's no cure per se for COVID-19. And so we feel almost helpless and, and out of control. But as believers, Right, we know and really believe that God is sovereign, which is what helps root our confidence, what helps even us overcome our anxiety to know even though I may not know what the future holds, I know who holds the future. But for, for kiddos, and especially for our kids that have come from, from hard places or trauma places, there, there really isn't a, a place where they can go to know everything's going to be okay, everything's in control. So how can we model for our kids that not only do we believe, but that we are trusting in God who is sovereign? Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, none of us really have a frame of reference for all this. So any stories have the potential to feel kind of trite um, or, or minimizing, but but trying to figure out a way to relate and use some stories about right now, just that vulnerability and, and openness with your kids about, you know, sometimes I'm feeling kind of scared right now too. I don't know what's going, what's going to happen. I don't know what the future holds, but, but, you know, I remember when this happened in my life, um, when I, you know, again, my husband and I were uh, about to get married when 9-11 hit. So that's, that's one example of, 
you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if there were going to be more attacks and we lived with a lot of fear, but, but what God taught us through that is that he is faithful, that he is sovereign, that he is holding the keys to our future and that he's got us here now too. So kind of making it something that feels relatable, it could be a way to help give our kids some comfort to know that even though we don't know what this situation holds, we know the one who, who does know how this is all going to turn out. And that perspective of, you know, we're used to our life being a certain way and we found comfort in that. But at the end of the day, that's really not the goal of life. And, and the purpose that God has us on this earth for isn't to be comfortable and to do these things, but to know him more and to make him known. So what is God trying to teach us in the midst of this? And again, not in a preachy sort of way, but really being vulnerable and open, but not in a way that, that conveys that, that you're freaking out and, and, and are losing control, that it's okay that we admit that we're upset and that we're scared, but that it's going to be okay because we trust in who God is. And like Angela said, that, that honesty that's, age appropriate for your children, but just showing them through prayer that you're praying that the Lord would calm anxieties and you're praying that the Lord would increase your faith in him and that you're praying the Lord is with you in this scenario and letting your children see you pray and spending that time in prayer um, to help them process and to really know and to see that you are reaching out to the Lord. One of the other things that I love, I've been reading the Jesus story book Bible to my son pretty much daily and I've come across the stories of Jesus and the disciples in the storm and how that can be such a relatable story during this time because of the storm that we find ourselves in and how the Lord met his disciples during that time. So using Bible stories, opening up the word and using the stories that he gave us as examples for this time, for examples of feeling fear and feeling uncertainty and helping them see that the Bible speaks to this and helping them see that you are guiding them in that direction. And the other last thing I can think of that I really love is honestly playing worship songs, um, playing songs that focus on anxieties that you can worship the Lord together and having that play home while you're at home with everybody. Um, it can create a calming environment, but it can also help you remember what's important during this time and keep you grounded in your faith and um, not let those anxieties take over and provide just a, a place of encouragement for your whole family. Yeah, I love that idea, Ashley, uh, especially of Bible stories. And there's so much there, like you said, um, with all of that, because even you know, there's so many situations and cases, like as kids get older and are able to comprehend a little bit more and think more abstractly about the situation, like seeing how there was so much that happened in the Bible that didn't make sense to the people at the time, but years later, hundreds of years later, how God has bring it, brought it all back together and how the Bible is one story about how God is writing the creation of the world to Revelation in a way that is only a way that he could orchestrate, that there's so many things that all things are working for together and that all fits together into his story. And that even though we can't have perspective with our current situation, like he's got perspective. I think that's really cool. And then just on a even day-to-day -day kind of practical level, the Psalms, the Psalms are chock full of people who had a whole lot of feelings and didn't know how to process what they were going through 
and just flesh that out with God. And I think they give us a really great model to, to work through a lot of our fear and anxiety. But with that ending place of being submitted to God, and here it is, I'm surrendered, and it's your will be done at the end of the day. Yeah, that's great stuff. And certainly it's just a great reminder uh, for all of us about how to be grounded. And hopefully even as we model for our kids a trust in a sovereign God, it will even be balm for our soul as we also are, are dealing with the same uncertainties just to be reminded that no matter how high the ticker gets of how many people have been infected and no matter how many prognosticators they say that it's 10 times higher than the numbers we see, we know that God is good and God is sovereign and God is in control. So even, even thinking about that, ladies, I know that for a lot of families, we are, uh, we are monitoring the news. We're watching that ticker go up uh, on worldometers or from the John Hopkins Medical Institute of how many people both in the United States as well as around the world have been infected as well as those who have unfortunately lost their lives. And, and in a sense, we're consuming media faster than they can get the media out just to see what's going on. And, and I know if it gets overwhelming for us, our kids, again, like sponges, are right around the corner listening, watching, hearing the same information, but maybe not even consuming it in the same way that we're consuming. What information should we give our children in regards to the virus and how much shall we share with them about the hurt and the pain that's going on around the world? I think I wish there was a one size fits all answer, but I think it's based on the child's age and emotional level because some children can cope with knowing details while others may need to know little of what's going on to be at their best. Um, I think you should give enough information about germs and sickness to help keep them safe and help them follow the rules to keep themselves safe and follow the rules to stay healthy, but not to scare them, um, not to be overly anxious as you explain it to them. Um, I also think watching the news may not be the best for everybody. There's a lot of fear inducing content that's in the news. And so you may have to limit their interaction with mainstream television at times, um, but can also help start conversations if they're overly anxious, it may be best to avoid it. And I think when you're having those conversations, when they say, they ask questions that you don't know the answer to, sometimes it really is best to say, I don't know. Or, you know, I'm not sure if that's the truth. Because uncertainty is really a part of all of our lives. And just like we've already mentioned, it's a great opportunity to point them back to Christ and point them back to the one who is certain when we are uncertain I also think it's really important, no matter what information you give them, to help them know that the adults in their life, along with the Lord, will keep them safe so they don't have to worry. They can trust the adults to know what information is being given, to know what information is out there. They can trust the adults in their lives to be adults and to care for them. Yeah, and so certainly we need to look at our children and know what they can, what they can tolerate, what they can accept. Um, and, and also make sure that we're probing their hearts as we uh, share that information. So, ladies, as we end, you know, we certainly want our kids to feel safe to share their disappointment. Uh, we've even started off with they're going to they're gonna miss out. And, and, you know, at times, even as adults, they may be upset because they did miss uh, a Little League game or the opportunity to be on All-Stars. Or, you know, for some of our seniors, they, they, they missed their last prom. They they missed their graduation. They missed their senior year or the last part of their senior year. 
And when we see all these other things going on in the world, it's hard even times to put that in perspective. But we need to allow them to feel safe to share their disappointments, even if it's just a small, maybe seemingly insignificant uh, disappointment of being able to see a friend or being able to have a sleepover. So how can we proactively begin to structure our home to give our kids the space, not only to, to have those disappointments, but to share and process those disappointments? Well, you know, I, I think it starts, Herbie, with just being open. And so sometimes it's just how we respond regularly. Um, and again, seeing past their behavior and just giving some space like, yeah, this is really hard. Like when you see that, when you see that rash reaction that you're not expecting or that seems out of proportion to what's happening in the moment, to just respond with compassion rather than maybe correction, as might be some of our, at least my bent at times, um, and, to, and to say, okay, I get it. This is hard. You know, it could be some simple things like having music playing during the background that is calming, whether that's praise and worship music or other music that you just enjoy that your family enjoys that helps put you at ease. Um, they say having music that plays at 60 beats per minute is a really good way to regulate your heart rate. Um, and so when our heart rate is speeding up, maybe because we're anxious or panicky, that is one kind of creative and indirect way to help regulate that. It could be building exercise. Like I think the more we can get our kids out in the sunshine, the better. And sometimes we are blessed here in Birmingham. We've had decent weather since this all started. I know other parts of the country have not. So when you can, getting outside. And if you can't get outside, find some ways to do things inside. And know that it's okay to, to do that inside and outside, but also to do it together as a family or separately. Because sometimes we're going to get a little tired of each other, and we might feel a lot of pressure to do all this, all this together. But we need to balance the time we're spending together and the time that we're spending apart. I know we're finding that our kids are in their rooms more now than they've ever been before, and that's okay. Um, so, so realizing and, and keeping that in mind. The other thing that you guys could be doing is just thinking about creative ways to cultivate community. And so that's both within your house and outside of your home obviously keeping with social distancing um, requirements. But, but one easy way to do that could be assigning daily chores. Uh, one of the things that our kids have lost is the ability to, to know where they fit, right? So they go to school. If they go to school, um, then they have a job that they do. They know what to expect. They know what role they play, and they know what's expected of them. So if this is a big change where they're now at home all the time, having those chores and where they see like, this is what's helping our family survive and get through this time. And we're a team and we're all gonna work on this together. For those of you homeschoolers, you may have the, the, a leg up on that one and not need as much help or support, but that's an easy way where everybody sees how they fit together. The other thing that, that people could do is just as a family, find some things to do that, that tap into productivity and creativity. So uh, it could be a house project that you haven't had time to get to. Uh, maybe your kid would really love to have their bedroom painted. Well, what a better time to do it? <laughs> you know, pull, every, pull the furniture to the middle of the room and, and engage your child in being part of that and helping them. Um, I've heard a lot of out there on unschooling, like it's okay to not stress about schoolwork right now. You know, definitely get it done, but at the end of the day, our kids are going to be fine when it comes to their education. But we have a real opportunity to connect with them and to teach them things that we may not have time to do outside of this, 
unique circumstance. So, so finding those things, I know our, our church issued a birdhouse challenge recently. And so a lot of our elementary school kids were, were finding creative ways to make birdhouses. Some were making them out of Legos um, and they had all kinds of ways that they could do that with. Uh, we also were, were doing a cross challenge. So maybe you could find ways to make a cross. It can be anything. You can do it with things you have around your house. Uh, and there's a lot of things online that, that can help with that. And again, just helping to balance work and play. Don't feel so much pressure in what you're accomplishing. It's okay to use that time well, but it's also okay to have some of those moments where you're vegging out maybe more often than you would typically. So give yourself grace as you're parenting through this and knowing that, you know, it's okay that you're feeling stressed and, and uneasy in the midst of it all. Uh, and, and just give some time for things to happen organically. If your kids are building a fort in the living room, it's okay to put off getting to their next homeschool lesson or their next schooling thing for 10 minutes or 20 minutes while they do that. So just give yourself some grace. And another simple idea would be to, to take turns letting each member of the family pick a video or pick an activity to do together. And Ashley, I see that you're back. Go for it. I think too, um, with getting out in the community, you're right, we're kind of all in our homes and stuck in our homes, but a great way is letting your children partake in video calls with friends or even family members, creating, using those outlets to create big group chats or group video chats can be so good for the soul to engage with other people that you can't see face to face anymore. Um, and there's ways you can play games with each other through the internet or if everybody has a chess board, you can play chess with each other. Um, even phase 10 cards. There's so many ways to enjoy games through internet now with family members or friends. And so using those to engage the community outside when you can't see them face to face can be really great. We've gotten together with our small group um, through video conferencing. We've gotten together with some friends that we normally grab lunch with. Um, it can be a good way even for children to see other people and talk about what's going on. What are you doing over there? What are you doing at your house? Um, we've also had neighborhoods where everybody's going on walks, everybody's getting out and about. And so different neighbors have different challenges to each other that they're engaging in, whether they're putting signs in the windows or different activities for all the kids to look as they're going around the neighborhood, look and see what house is different. Um, maintaining that social distance, of course, while you're doing that. But it can be good just to get out of your house sometimes with each other and enjoy the outside air that you may not be around as much. Yeah, well, ladies, certainly grateful for just this information and all the things that uh, you brought here today and so important. Uh, again, Angela, tell us if folks are struggling at home and need some help and need some counseling there this time. How can they get in touch with you and Ashley and your team? Absolutely. Well, first off, know that it's really normal if you are struggling at this point. Um, and the other cool thing is, is that while we have time, this is often a really great moment to lean in and utilize the time well by leaning into counseling. So I know a lot of the families we work with are feeling like things are actually going pretty well right now and it's stable and that's awesome take advantage of that to work on some of the deeper issues that maybe have been harder to be able to find time to get to. Um, and they can reach out and get a hold of us again through the easiest way right now is just the counseling email address, which is counseling at lifelinechild.org. Um, and that gets routed to our wonderful assistant who will help it to get into the right hands. And so that is good whether you're in North Carolina 
or Georgia or Huntsville or Birmingham, um, we you can use that to get in touch with us at any of those locations. Thanks again, ladies. And again, if you need help, please don't uh, don't stop, don't cease to reach out to us. We're here to help you uh, not only uh, with your counseling needs, but to help your children in the end process through all of the things that are going on today through a pandemic and all the things that life will throw at us. Thank you for joining us today for the Defender Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.